Your journey as a Navy family can be exciting and fulfilling. It can also be confusing and stressful. For all your challenges and triumphs, from how to thrive during deployments to navigating TRICARE, Naval Services Family Line has been your go-to resource since 1965. If you're living the Navy life, this podcast is for you. Join us as we discuss ways to navigate this Navy life together and define what it means to be a modern Navy family. Each episode will explore a specific topic about living the Navy lifestyle, introduce great resources, feature a Navy spouse who's rocking our world, or dive into the heart of our Navy traditions. Whether you are just starting out on your Navy journey, at the halfway point, or approaching the end, we know one thing is certain. We We are are better better together. together. Good morning from Naval Services Family Line. This morning, we have a very cool treat for you folks. We have Miss Linda Gilday on the line, and she is about to share some really great information with you. And hopefully you can walk away connecting to Miss Gilday this morning. So here we go. Let me introduce my co-host, Allie. Hey, Sergio. Great to see you. And welcome, Mrs. Gilday. We are so thrilled to have you with us here. This is our first kickoff episode for Our Navy Life, connecting the modern Navy family. So welcome. And thank you for learning about podcasting with us as we go. This is a treat to have you be our first guest and really set the stage for for our podcast and the conversations that we want to have. Thank you for having me. And first off, please call me Linda. (laughs) I look forward to our conversation. Awesome. All right, Linda, well, we're, we're going to get started at first with, you know, just so our listeners can kind of get to know you. And this is one of our family line kind of standard opening questions. Where did you meet your sailor? And if you didn't already know this to our listeners, Linda is married to Admiral Michael Gilday. He's the chief of Naval operations. He's kind of a big deal. He's the highest ranking officer in the Navy. And he's, he's, he's our big boss. So Linda, where did you meet your sailor and how long have you guys been married? Well, in some ways, it seems like yesterday, and some days, some days, times, it seems longer. But anyway, um, we met in the summer of uh, 1992, so uh, quite a while ago. We were both congratulations. Thank you. We were studying in. We we had both gone back to graduate school. We had been in the workplace 10, 12 years, something like that, and we were both going back and getting our master's degree in a program called the Mid Career Program. And we were in the summer economics class, and that's where we met. <laughs> so romance budded while you guys were students together. Yes. No regular pressures of work and moving and coming and going. When you're in school, I think you just have a lot more chance to, to you know, to know people, to meet people, to make friends. I mean, that's partly why you go to school, right, is to have friends. <laughs> right. As well, as well as to be educated. Right. And to learn. Yeah. Yes. So that's interesting that you, you know, you said that you guys met when you were both going back to school. Can you, you know, we, we kind of know, Sergio and I know, and it's kind of common knowledge throughout the fleet, I think, that you're very passionate about spouse, military spouse employment for for, for today's spouses. And so can you walk us through your career journey what, you know, leading up to when you met your husband and then after follow on once you guys were married and how that paralleled with Navy life? I'd be happy to. Um, it's a big, <laughs> it's a, you know, it's a big topic. A lot of, lot, I could go into a lot of areas, but I'll just sum it to say 
first mm-hmm. off, with regard to, you know, working, maintaining a career, all that, it is not for everybody. In other words, it is an option. It's not something that everybody should feel like they have to do. And if they don't, they're a big failure. Or if they have a break and they move to some place that just has no work or has no ability to work, or you find find yourself in some spot, you know, in, in the chapter of your life with care issues, elder care, child care, pet care, whatever, and you just mm-hmm. can't work, don't feel like you have to that you say, oh, gosh, I couldn't do it. And similarly, from the volunteer standpoint, that that's equally fulfilling to many people just to be a full time professional volunteer. And mm-hmm. that's okay. So for me, I had gone to school and put myself through school. I was a co-op, if you know what that is, where you work and go to school every other semester. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, you know, did that in college. And then when I got out, I had a good 10 years of work, you know, under my belt, so to speak, before I even met Mike. So I was just on that path, right? I, I had taken care of myself and, you know, moved around. Actually, I think I moved more then than I have with Mike since we've been married, um, <laughs> just in different career things. So I was on that path. And so it was hard to say, well, you need to just totally er, slam on the brakes and do something completely different. So mm-hmm. for me, continuing to work was just the right the right thing or the, the thing that I wanted to do. And, and it has not been easy. And at one point I had to do something completely different for um, a little more than a year, but, but it worked for me. I just find it to be fulfilling to, to, to work outside the home. And so that's, that's what I did. So if you want dates and times and places, I can fill you in on that, but that's, that's the overview. Yeah. Can you provide a little, just a, a quick background on what, what your career focus has been on in the industry that you have spent the majority of your career in? Sure. So I grew up in Georgia and I had to go to a Georgia school in order to afford college. And I was happy to participate, be accepted in some programs during high school in the National Science Foundation. Love that organization. Shout out to them. <laughs> and, and they, uh, so they, they provided some summer programs that I went to uh, both one summer in math and, and at Emory University and another summer at Georgia Tech. And so that was the summer before my senior year. And I realized, oh, gosh, I think I could make it here at Georgia Tech. So I applied there and I could afford it. So I ended up studying, going into the field of engineering and, and ended up with a focus in mechanical engineering. And so even though I studied that, I never wanted to work as a, you know, really fundamental mechanical engineer. So when I graduated, one of the companies they interviewed with had a a project management focus where you, you know, you had to have an engineering degree, but you sort of moved into managing, managing projects. And that appealed to me and was a really good fit. So I started work, was started work my first time um, out in Houston, Texas with the good old boys, uh, managing the construction (laughs) of service stations. And then I moved into different parts of mobile through the different first 10 years that I was there. I managed small construction. I ended up having some environmental responsibilities where they had fuel spills or the, the, the investigation of fuel spills that, you know, from the gas stations, obviously. So learned, learned that side of things, had some, a chance to actually acquire and dispose of sites as they, they were growing their portfolio down in Florida, managed the, the real estate 
administration part, you know, the leasing and whatnot from the headquarters office. Then I uh, had the chance to supervise the maintenance analysts who, who maintain those um, service stations, was given the opportunity to move out to Kansas City, Kansas, where we, or Kansas City, Missouri, I should say, uh, where we were building a new credit card headquarters. So had the really wonderful opportunity to do that and to be able to manage a large construction project. Then I moved back and went to grad school, and then but then returned to mobile where I had some marketing responsibilities. And at that point, I knew that it was time for me to move on to a different a different focus, not a for profit world, but into the nonprofit world. So I went to work for a consultant that is located in Northern Virginia, where. We had clients from all over the federal government in the facilities and infrastructure, part of the business, shall we say. And we did lots of different consulting to help federal agencies improve their facilities and infrastructure portfolios. So I did that for about uh, 10, 12 years. And then, and then at that point, I had the opportunity to move into the Navy. I had a friend who was working for the Navy and he he said, oh, we, you know, we're growing here. Would you like to come in and work for NAFAC and work as a program management expert? And so that brought me over into the Navy. So now I've been there for about 10 years. And so I've had about a third, a third, a third profit, nonprofit, and now government. So it's, it's been interesting to see that, you know, the variation of industry. Wow. That's almost like every other spouse where we're always just moving around and having to find our footing. And it's funny how we'll start off thinking that we want to do something and then it shifts into a different category. And now you're doing sustainability and environmental stuff, right? Well, at this moment, I have the opportunity to work on a program called SIOP, which is the infrastructure optimization at the four public shipyards for the Navy, where we're basically rebuilding 100-year-old shipyards and making them more optimized and capable for the current platforms. So now it's really more of an engineering, you know, wow, how do you, how do you manage the re- reconstruction of shipyards? So it, it, it's, a, it's a job that draws upon all that, that earlier experience. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really wonderful opportunity. And how cool to have, obviously, your husband, who's the chief of naval operations, and then you so heavily involved with with overseeing, you know, this side of the Navy, too, to have have, you guys are both very much embedded in (laughs) Navy life and serving the Navy and and the the sailors and civilians and the families. And can you talk a little bit about that opportunity from the civilian side as a Navy employee? Well, so, yes, civilian life is is a big, huge component of the Navy, as is as is the uniform side. And so it allows me to have more of an understanding of of his career. And, mm-hmm. and hopefully I can share some of the civilian side for him to see, because I think we each kind of live in our own our own side of the house, N- not mm-hmm. literally, but you know, from, this, from, this, from this standpoint right. of, of civilian versus military. So professionally, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So that's good. It's not without challenge, but we try to make it work. (laughs) Yeah. Now I want to take it back to some of the questions that we prepared uh, that kind of dig into balancing career, parenthood, and military life. You know, you said at the opening that it's not for everyone because it is 
really challenging with the needs of the Navy and, and moving and raising a family and the needs of our volunteer organizations that really support our family community. It can be a lot to also factor in navigating a career all, along all of that. Can you talk about a particular, maybe a season of life or when it was a when you found that it was it was just particularly heavy. I mean, I'm a working mom with three young kids and uh, we're about ready to go back to sea duty and it's really hard right now. <laughs> and I'm just really, I'm at this place where I'm like, do I really, knowing what's ahead, do I really want to keep working, knowing all the additional stuff that's going to be added to our family's plate? Can you talk a little bit about any particular decision moments that you might've had along the way when you were faced with managing all of that? Yes, it, it was probably exactly at the point you are, which is that, and forgive me, I don't know the ages of your children. but They're little. <laughs> yeah, they're very that, little. <laughs> and that's exactly when, same for me, when the, the most challenging time for me was I had a nine-month-old and a two-year-old, and we were, and you know, and I was, I was making it work. I had just had the kids, I had gone back to work, you know, we were, I was doing interesting things at work, and had, had settled into a routine and then we had to move across country and, and right when we got there, Mike had to deploy and, or got the opportunity to deploy, I should probably say, <laughs> but I, it's you know, okay. for me, we, as a mom, we all know. Yeah. <laughs> we know what that for, means. <laughs> for the spouse, you're like, uh, wait a second. What? I got to figure out babysitters, figure out how am I going to do my schedule? Like, wait, yeah. and you want me to go to all these meetings and like, what? And you have to represent put your best face forward. It's hard. It, it's really hard, but you just have to tell yourself, Hey, look, I can't do everything. I'm not super mom. I just have to cut out priorities. Just make a priority in each of those areas. Mm -hmm. You have to decide on your own what is important to you and realize that whatever decision you make at that moment is not permanent. It's for that little one, two, three, four year season of life. And the next one will come mm -hmm. and you can do something else then. And so I didn't have anybody that really uh, that I either listened to or consulted with, I'm not sure which, it was so long ago, who said to me, just get off the track for a minute. You can come back. You've trained, you've trained this long. If you want to enjoy your kids at this age, well, enjoy is kind of in quotes because sometimes it's enjoy and sometimes it's not. But, you know, I mean, really, now that my kids are older, I'm like, oh, gosh, I really should have enjoyed it. Luckily, uh, luckily, I did take a lot of pictures so I can go back and look from that standpoint. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. Anyway, it, it's it's just hard, and you just have to know that you can't do everything all at once. Yeah. Sometimes we get carried away in the in the moment, and we don't realize. Just step back, breathe, and then reevaluate and get in there. And so, as as much as there are negatives to that, which we've just discussed, there are also so many positives. There really just are. Gosh, I get to move here and really learn about a new place for a short period of time. And then I get to go someplace else too. Like, how cool is that? It's not like mm -hmm. you just fly in and go on vacation for two or three days or whatever, and try to soak in a place wherever you are, but you actually get to move there and experience it and meet new friends and really and truly collect friends across the, how, wherever all you're moving to throughout your, your Navy career. And that's a really wonderful thing. So. Very well put. I mean, that that's, that's the key to it. It's, it's not, forever it's not going to be the only place you're going to be and that that is the way to look at things it's short term enjoy it enjoy that moment and then move to the next and 
re just start over again and find things that you really truly enjoy there's going to be something for us to do in any of the locations we get moved to so yeah um very wise points right there so our next question for when for this segment goes into how did you navigate the chaos of being a dual career household and with young kids and not go crazy i know you just touched (laughs) on that a little bit but i think a lot of us as far as you know, parents and that do are having dual careers, we struggle with just with, with, with trying to make sure that we're giving our kids, you know, an opportunity and not going crazy. <laughs> it's easy to do so. Well, you assumed that I didn't go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> we all have our moments, right? <laughs> exactly. Well said. Yeah, no, um, well, I, I guess it always boils down to what are, again, what, what are the real priorities? So my friend, Faith Breen from, from grad school said, you can have it all. You just can't have it all at once. And so you just have to tell yourself that, you know, like you're just mm-hmm, not going to be able to go to every single event that your child has going on or that your spouse has going on. You cannot make every meeting every invitation you just can't do it all and get Mm -hmm. your work done and have your house you know the way it you need it to be and food on the table you do you cannot do everything so you just have to set priorities say all right you know cut corners where you need to and say all right we're just not doing this week we'll put it off till next and just and be confident we we went i had a really wonderful experience in norfolk about a month ago with a some female, a female group of Navy, Navy officers and sailors. And one young woman who was about to have a baby in a month said, you know, how do you, how do you manage, you know, other people and the fact that they think you ought to be doing X, Y, Z. And I said, you just have to be confident that whatever you're deciding is not for everybody, but at this moment it works for us and our family. And so as long as you've got some communication with your spouse that you and he or she are going to go for whatever you're doing at that moment, just own it. Just say, this works for us. It might not be for you. It might not work for us in a year, but this is what we're doing. And just own it and just try to just shed that guilt that people make you feel if you're not doing, you know, a hundred percent of every aspect of what you think you need to be doing. And that's actually a really good transition into what the next question is. But um, talking about that guilt, because we talk about mom guilt, parent guilt that we have when we don't feel like we're living up to expectations of what our kids need. But then also, you know, there's guilt associated with them. Am I, am I giving everything to the Navy? Am I giving everything to my job? And so how did you, how did you, or do you overcome it? I mean, I think you talk a lot about prioritization of, of what your priorities are, but can you talk a little bit about your own experiences with managing those guilts? Yeah. Well, to be honest, I still have it. I still wonder, <laughs> you know, am I meeting, am I meeting everybody's expectations? And so the question is, whose expectations are you trying to meet? Yeah. Well, and is there an answer to that? I don't think so, but uh <laughs> I mean, there's not, it's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. I think part of it is just, you know, realizing nobody is superhuman. Nobody can do all the things that you might tell yourself that you think you ought to be doing. Like, is there a person that does everything? No, there's not. Everybody makes has so many hours in the day and so many obligations that they can fulfill. And so you just have to give yourself some grace and say, I'm doing mm-hmm. the best I can. 
Absolutely. I've got integrity. I've got good, a good heart. I'm trying to do the most I can and I'm human. And, you know, maybe that's not a good answer, but that's, <laughs> that's how no, I, yeah. I think it's, a, I think it's a great answer. And I want to touch on something else you said before we move uh, to the next segment, you talked to a little bit about communicating with your spouse. And I think that's such an integral part in when you've got a lot going on in balancing all these expectations, uh, whether it's career, volunteering, Navy commitments, family. Can you talk a little bit about the the conversations that you had with your husband kind of throughout your career when you were pivoting or, or had to make a decision about involvement with career, Navy, or family? Well, I wish I had some really hot tips for you, but I don't. Um, <laughs> that is a real challenge to communicate spouses. Let me take Sergio, for example, his spouse, when, when she's gone, she is gone, probably, yeah. you know, because when you're in certainties, you just cannot communicate for a very long time. So luckily, I didn't have that. He was uh, you know, when he was gone, he was able to call pretty regularly, you know, and so that was that was wonderful to at least have that and to have that for the kids. But in terms of what, what I tried to do was to, you know, at, at a minimum have short conversations every day, but on the more strategic stuff, try try to write things down and, and come mm. back to it every so often. I'd like mm-hmm. to say we did it weekly. I tried to do it weekly, but it didn't always work. Right. Um, but I will say this in thinking about it, sometimes I, I'll just say now that I'm you know older, I realized, gosh, there was so much he had going on that I just was clueless about. And I'm saying that I'm sure the same is true for him. We just don't know each other's worlds right. as much as it would be nice if we did. And so, again, I, I think if you're honest and try and communicate and you're transparent and, 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 and vulnerable, you know, like, and by the way, it doesn't have to always be with your spouse. It can be like, for me, it could be my, my good close girlfriends that, that I talk things through that, that makes such a difference to me. And I'm sure the same is true for Mike when, when he has issues that he needs to talk to his friends about. Don't keep things bottled up is my main point on, on this. It's not always easy to plan out every next weekend or next year or 10 years, but you know, do your best and just keep talking. Absolutely. Great points. Great, great, great points. And a lot of us don't realize, like we talk about the different walks of, of this military life as spouses. And you're right. You mentioned, you know, being on the surface side, being on, you know, all the different sides and communication, you got to just use it. You don't sit there and hold things in. You communicate with your, your significant other. And, and you, I mean, my wife, I, I could tell you, I don't want to know what she's doing and how she's doing it. <laughs> I, um, I sit back and I'm just like, I'm, I'm amazed that she volunteered to do what she's doing now. And, you know, I commend her on it because I don't think I could have done it. So <laughs> there's that part. But um, speaking of which, so we're going to go into PCSing now. And so this is a great transition that I like to talk about. So with this uh, PCSing, did you maintain your job throughout your first PCS? And then what did the conversation sound like or what did it look like when you were telling them that you were moving? And has it evolved over your career when each PCS comes up? And this is for family. Yes. So uh, this is a really tough one to talk about. Well, you could also say it's transitioning the guilt part yeah. of our previous conversation because you feel guilty with whoever you're working with or yes. for. That, oh my gosh, I've got to move. And I really said, I got to move. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that's, that's always hard. So your question is, how did I, how, how 
did I tell my employer? Is that well? What did the conversation? What did the yeah. conversation look or sound like when you were telling them that you were moving? Luckily, the first time we had to do it, we, there was an uh, there, even what was it twenty years ago? More than twenty. It was an opportunity at that time even to do some telework, and so so even. Back then, you were teleworking before it was cool. <laughs> yeah, before it was before it was mandated. Yeah, so we, you know, I just I I knew the work that I was doing at that moment could I could do some of it at home, but I also knew home office, but I also knew that some of it couldn't be transported, and so I knew that I would have to you know cut back on certain things if I didn't want to go look for a new job in the next community. Which I didn't because I had two two young children and I you know that was just impossible because I had a nine month old that there was no daycare for, so I did my mm. best you know I ended up working a ton of hours to you know make the very best product so that they would continue to um, see the benefits of the telework that I could do and I, I'm sure I'm not the first spouse that's had to do that you know you just end up doing a ton of work to become you know, their very best employee and the very best one that they want to keep. <laughs> so it's hard. I will mention another um, time when I had just started to work for the Navy, thinking, yay, now I'm with, now I too work for the Navy. And anytime he gets transferred, I'll, I'll just be able to find something in, in that area. So we're, what's the first place he gets transferred to once I signed on? Overseas to a location <laughs> that didn't have Navy. It was a NATO, uh, of course. NATO community. So, so I was, I, I remember it like it was yesterday thinking, oh my gosh, what am I, what have I done that now I won't have a job again? And happily, and I just am so grateful to the Navy that they said, let's give this telework a whirl. And they did. And so oh, I ended up awesome. working. I can't even tell you the number of hours in a day to once again, prove that that was a good thing. And, and to this day, I still owe them. Uh, a debt of gratitude that, yay, they, they allowed me to do it. And hopefully it was a worthwhile thing for them. But it's not easy. I mean, it's not for everybody. I do think, meaning meaning, the, the having to tell people that you're moving, maybe the right thing is, okay, this, this gives me a chance to jump off this career route yeah, and yeah. find another one. I don't think you should always feel like you have to keep it. But then the challenge is not knowing always how long you're going to be in the next position. So it's just a hard thing. It really is. But you yeah. have to think, okay, from a career standpoint, maybe you can't keep that whatever job position thing that you've been doing, but you'll find something else. When you look back over your life, you realize it really does all work out. Yeah. And so it's, it's hard to, it's hard to figure that out or to tell yourself it is, you know, when you're the time clock's ticking away and you haven't found that right thing next, but, but it really does work out over, over time. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. It's hard it's it's hard to see that in the moment, but when you take a mm-hmm. step back and you see how everything kind of works over the course of your life really and the opportunities that come and go, it really does one thing leads to another. Kind of it, along the lines of PCSing and moving, you know, a, a concern is the impacts that it has on our families and our and particularly our kids. Did you feel like your I would know you've mentioned that you have two young men. They're not boys mm-hmm. anymore. Do you feel like their education suffered at all through the constant moves, you know, going from place to place, school to school? And and how did you kind of approach each PCS with your kids? Okay, so let me think back on this. So when they were young, you know, they're, they're, the kids will always make you feel guilty. 
<laughs> Why do we have to go through this? You know, they don't want to do it. But guess what? That's life. Being able to come in and make new friends quickly, being able to adapt, being resilient. Is, is that not what we're all trying to let's those are right. the new buzzwords of life now. And guess what? The military life lets you do that from a very young age. Sometimes you're in the school of your dreams or the, you know, community or the house and you got to make that decision. Hey, I'm going to stay there and hopefully your your Navy spouse will return to that spot. You have to make that choice of uh, geo batching. And so it's a, you can do it. I mean, it, it's, it costs a little because then you got to have a, a, you know, a home in both places, but sometimes that's the right answer for a lot of people. It is mm-hmm. at certain, certain times for us. I really want because we, you know, in my mind moved around a lot when the kids were, but not as much as some people anyway, because we did, <laughs> I wanted the kids to at least be able to stay put in high school. So Mike was able to, even though he was transferred well over an hour away, he made the, he made the drive and we Got stayed it. put. And so that worked for us. And, you know, now looking back on it, we were able to make it work, but we could have also made it work to move, but we weren't brave enough to do that. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, PCSing is hard. It's just hard. And, you, and like, like I was saying earlier, you got to make your decision, make your call and just move with it. Just keep going and say, this is what we're doing. And just don't always look back and say, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Yeah. And your boys are, are pretty successful young adults now. I correct. Would you mind sharing what, what it is that they're doing in the um, adult world? Sure. So <laughs> my older one um, just graduated, uh, Brian, he graduated uh, last weekend, as a matter of fact, and he is going to be going into the Navy. Well, he is in the Navy. He was commissioned a week ago, a week ago yesterday. Congratulations. Um, Thank you. And so he's going to go into the EOD community and we'll start his training in Panama City in a week or two. I'm not exactly sure when he's supposed to be down there, but that's what he's going to do. And he's very excited about that. And my younger son, Michael, is a student at Auburn University. He's going to graduate next year and is very interested in the human body and how it works and is contemplating learning more through maybe maybe medical school. So we'll see how that plays out. Oh, wow. uh, that's a testament. Yeah, that's a testament to, to you and your husband for managing this Navy life and then having two great uh, young men who are entering the world with, with great high aspirations. Oh, you're so nice. A lot of it is really luck. A lot of it is, you know, Providence. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, we're, we're fortunate. Yes, yeah. we are. Yeah, fun fact. So I did EOD. So that's that's pretty cool that he's joining that that field. That he's it's definitely a selfless and very fulfilling role to play because we're very we're very much needed. And so that is that's really cool for Brian. I think he's gonna he's he should probably have a lot of fun with that. He is definitely looking forward to it. <laughs> so now we're going to transition into our next segment, and this is going to be about the Navy family and the community. So this question is, as we see more spouses going back to work, both full and part-time, how do you see the community balancing a full-time career and supporting Navy organizations through volunteer work without feeling overwhelmed? So this is more so of those folks that start to volunteer and trying to help out and in sometimes just say yes too many times. 
well, you got to know your limits. And, you know, again, the, the volunteers that the military and the Navy in particular have that keep these organizations going are truly amazing. And not only is it just, I mean, it, it's really just amazing. And, and I've learned more about this term community. I was thought of it as one thing, but the, you know, the more I get into all these organizations and see the literal community that it creates is it's really just fabulous. Thank you guys for what you do so much for, for this very type of thing, just to, mm-hmm. you know, get out and, and spread the, spread the communication of what's going on. Forgive me, Sergio. Your question again is, is how do you balance, balance feeling obligated to join those? Well, more so it's, it's like the volunteering and the, the full-time career, like how do you balance supporting the or Navy organizations as far as volunteering, like let's say your FRGs, your ombudsman, your Navy Marine Corps Relief Society, and then a full-time career? Well, again, you can't do everything all at once. So, you know, yeah. you just have to set priorities and know that the world is not going to fall on its knees if you're not at that meeting. You know, <laughs> if you don't sign up to be president of XYZ, you know, there'll be others who can step in at their phase or chapter of life that can do those things. And if you're in a position of leadership, as long as you're available and approachable, they'll come to you for the stuff that they need. But, you know, there are, luckily, the Navy knows how to organize, right? And so there are mm-hmm. organizations that fulfill so many different needs. And by the way, there's the whole fleet and family services, which is the paid part of the Navy civilians that can manage whatever emerging issue there is, which there are lots, mental health being a big one right now. And so mm-hmm. they've, it, and it's not even just within the Navy, OSD's got lots of programs. So do your best and, and prioritize based on what your family's needs are. It's about you and your family. You're a very wonderful part of the Navy, your own Navy family, but also the bigger Navy family. But you're, your first priority is really to your own family. That's my opinion. I know, mm-hmm. I know that might not be something everybody agrees with, but that's my opinion. I agree. I agree. No, I, I agree. agree. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't take care of yourself and your own family, then it's, you know, it, it kind of goes back to, if you can't take care of yourself, then you can't take care of other people. That's true for your family. That's true for your Navy family. And, and it starts to show. I think that transitions kind of well with talking about expectations. You know, sometimes we feel the expectations of us are unsurmountable or the, the, their stereotypes or stigmas within the spouse community, whether you're a full-time career spouse or you're a full-time parent spouse or, or a volunteer spouse. Did you experience this in your previous years as a spouse and, and how did you, how did you deal with it? This is on feeling like certain people had certain expectations to do different things than I was. Right. Yes. yes. Yeah. Well, hopefully if there's any, anything I can uh, pass on in the way of, you know, the next phase of Navy spouse life, it is the fact that there are options. There are options to do what works for you yeah. at your little point in life. And if full-time work is it, go for it. If full-time volunteering is it, fine. If a little sum of each works. If, you know, this half of the week I'm doing this and this half I'm this and, or I'm just taking time out right now. I'm really not involved in anything. I'm just sort of taking stock of whatever. I've got little tiny kids at home. You'll see me in the next, in the next uh, move. (laughs) That's that's okay. 
Mm-hmm. It's okay. And so you just have to, I don't know, just try not to feel like you've got to do it all or that you've got to do what the previous generation or previous group did and realize whoever's whoever's like in the next echelon above you in terms of the spouse world they did it their way and that's their way but you don't you're not expected to fall into that exact thing the world is changing and so is so is the expectations of what spouses are able and can and should do very well said yeah very well said (laughs) that was that was great that was a perfect answer right there and hopefully folks will you know listen to that portion put it on repeat and understand that you know what you are doing is what you need to do and how you need to do it and you shouldn't feel compelled to do just because and yes that that was that was a great answer my next question about you know (laughs) this whole navy family and community is does it ever get easier uh, leaving new friends behind? It, it always seems like PCS orders come in once you've settled in and you find your tribe. And then how did you keep your connections and what did you do to make sure you didn't you know, lose, lose those folks that you really enjoyed before these PCS orders came in and made us go away? Oh my gosh. Well, guess what? We all have cell phones and uh, (laughs) almost all of us, at least some kids don't, but I think every parent does and every, every, uh, whether you're a parent or or not a parent. So gosh, I would say how fun is that, that you can keep in touch with friends all across the country and the globe if you make international calls. But if you don't, guess what? Who doesn't have a access to social media? You might not yeah. have an account that you participate in, but you can certainly go on and Google it and, and find out what people are doing. So that's not as great as, you know, personal, hey, come on over for a cup of coffee or a glass of wine or beer. But, um, but you can still keep in touch with people. And again, it just gives you the chance to expand your friendships and your exposure to some new culture, to a new type of food, to a new transportation system. Like it just gives you the new chance to experience new things, every new move you get and the chance to make new friends. And one thing that I've found is fun is, is becoming friends with people that you don't think you're going to have the first thing in common with. They're like, Oh, you know, so part of it is your own mindset of, Oh no, this is what this, this person or group are going to be like. And then walking in and finding out, wow, we have so much in common. This is crazy. And so just, you, you have to just be open that, okay, I'm leaving these people behind, but I'm going to make a point to, you know, stay in touch with them every so often and, and even go visit when you can. And maybe you're not going to visit that next year, but over time, you will, and you'll realize people that you haven't even seen in 20 years, guess what? You just pick right back up where you left off and, and how, how wonderful that is to have those golden friendships that you can have over time. It's just the best. Yeah. And I think it's important too, I think in the age of social media, it's easy to stay connected, but then we lose some of that element that you get from picking up the phone and actually having a phone call. I mean, I'm guilty of it. I'll text all day long, but <laughs> sometimes it's, you know, it, it's so much more meaningful when you like in my season of life, it's, we have to schedule phone calls to catch up with friends, but you uh-huh. know, that it fills that whole of, of wanting to connect with those, those solid friendships that you no longer look close to. And yeah. I think that's an, an important reminder too. I have a friend from hmm, 20 years ago who is probably my best friend. And we only lived in that town together two years. 
but we're, we're, we continue to be best friends. And she makes such an effort always. Whenever she's in the car, she picks up the phone. She's like, okay, I only have two minutes. How are you doing? And she's (laughs) great at it. And anyway, I just now finally got myself a car with Bluetooth where I now see how how she was able to do that all the time. I'm like, oh, this is how she did it. But anyway, two minute conversations. That's all you need for that day, you know? So, but you're able to maintain friendships. It's sad when you have to go, but you just have to say, look, this is, this is the next big fun I have before me. I'm going to make new friends and, and keep the old. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, That was great. That was great. Thanks so much, Linda. Is there anything that we didn't touch on that you do want to address before we move into the lightning round? Oh, lightning round. That sounds fun. Uh, (laughs) Let's see. The last thing, obviously, being a parent is, uh, to me, the balance between your personal life and Navy life is one thing. But really, the challenge for me is is just how do you fit in being a parent with those two things? I think... Mm -hmm parenting is under underrated under evaluated under everything it takes a lot of work but guess what that's the priority of anyone's life if you have a child it's such a blessing such a blessing and a gift and a responsibility that that's where i think all of our focuses really need to be yeah and i always think of it too how awesome that we get to share this navy life with our kids it 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 comes sure it comes with lots of challenges i was raised in a military family of a different branch of which i will not name but uh, my parents were still really excited uh we've charted this course as a navy family but you know and my kids are just old enough now that they're starting to get it and i'm really excited as we move forward to really share all the cool things that the Navy and Navy life and the the connections and the friendships and whatnot that we'll make over the years. And like I said, yeah, it's hard, but the, the goodness is, is there too. And, and that's, mm-hmm. that's really cool. Right. I believe like, even with my daughter, you know, she gets such an opportunity to explore different areas. She'll be able to yeah. say, I lived on this coast. I lived on that coast. I was able to, if we get orders to go out of the country, she'll be able to say, I lived here. I did that. And mm-hmm. that resilience, she's going to be able to adapt a whole lot more than, than some that just stay in their little communities or little towns. And so I definitely, I see that. And you know, parenting, it, it's not easy in the military when you have spo- a spouse that deploys and yep. you have to just become that everything for that child. So great advice there. Great points. I, I love the off the cuff that they were needed. And um, <laughs> thank you, Linda. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll roll into the lightning round here to wrap up. These will just be a couple of quick uh, questions. And so at just give whatever answer comes to your mind first. So we'll hop right in. So first and foremost, what was your favorite duty station? California, because mm. of the weather. <laughs> and I was like, what? Weather, why would weather be a thing? But honestly, the sun is always out. The, the lighting and the sky is beautiful. The uh-huh. breeze is on your face. 12 months of the year. It's yep. wonderful. And that transitions to the people who who get that vibe and everybody's got a smile on their face most of the time. Like it's, I, I just really enjoyed it there. Yeah. Uh, she, she just brought back some memories. Um, we came from San Diego to Georgia. So yes, the weather, I, I yes. <laughs> uh, next question is first thing that you do at a new duty station. Unpack. <laughs> like fast. Like, yep. the, 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 like when you get like, I am all about just getting settled 
And to be honest, I have more boxes than any family out there. And so I got to, I got to, I got to power through them pretty fast. Yeah. So Mike, does, Mike doesn't find out all that stuff I have. <laughs> that is a good yeah. trick. That is, that's yeah, a great, I, I, that's a pro tip. I see, I see you. I see you. I see you. Yes. <laughs> all right. Next question. What is your favorite Navy ceremony that you've had the pleasure of participating or being a, a guest at? Well, I, I think it would have to be the oath, taking the oath of office when, when, when people re-enlist or when my son was commissioned, you know, just seeing that oath of office and that's, that's crazy, crazy, amazing to see that happen. Absolutely. That, that is your next question. Best piece of advice for a new or mid-career spouse. Enjoy the ride. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. It's going to work out. Even though it's a little scary to move into new things, you're, it's going to be an adventure when you look back on it and you're going to look back and see how it all connects to God's plan for the whole rest of your life. Absolutely. And last question, are you a morning person or a night owl? hundred percent night owl. <laughs> <laughs> how, now, how late are you saying night owl? Like, are you saying like up to one or two in the morning or just like 11, 10 or 11 PM? Well, oh, in terms of just dipped, well, the older I get, the <laughs> earlier I do have to go to bed. I just will admit that straight out, but I just get more productive later in the day. Once my mm. caffeine's going and once mm-hmm. I'm just more productive and, that, and so Mike and I meet each other coming and going sometimes because, well, I'm never up till four, but he gets up at four. So we buzzing around at night and he's just like, how can you do this at night? And I'm like, how can you get up at four in the morning? So, <laughs> uh, it, I do think that is a you. thing. Morning, morning people or night people. It is a thing. <laughs> Absolutely. You're one Absolutely. of, you're one of both. One, one, one or the other. Yeah. Awesome. That's kind of like my wife. She's up at four o'clock in the morning as well. And I'm just like, I can't, I can't function at four o'clock in the morning. Give me like, <laughs> I will stay up till one, two o'clock in the morning, completing projects because I just have that energy. So <laughs> that <Yeah>. is, <laughs> that's yeah. funny. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Linda. This has been amazing. And hopefully our spouses will also get a lot of information from you that they can utilize in their daily lives and understand that this Navy life, you know, there are layers to it. And as long as you're willing to look at the bigger picture, it all comes together. So I truly thank you for your time. I appreciate all the knowledge. It's great. Thank you uh, for sharing your journey, Linda, and and the the story and how you've navigated this Navy life. It's been a, a true honor and pleasure to, to chat with you today. You're so nice. This was this was fun for for me as well. You guys were so wonderful to do what you're doing and to ask these positive uh, questions in a positive way and to be open and hang in there. Keep going. Keep doing fun things and realizing that you can't do it all and you'll have joy along the way. And yeah, find find good friends and. Keep smiling. Keep laughing. <laughs> thank, thank you guys so much um, for this opportunity. Glad to do it. Awesome. Thank you, man. All right. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. That concludes today's discussion. Thanks so much for joining us. To find more resources and ways to connect with your Navy community, visit our website at www.nsfamilyline.org. And be sure to connect with us on Facebook to keep the conversation going. You can find the links in the show notes. For more episodes to help you navigate your journey through Navy life, be sure to subscribe, leave us a comment, and we will see you next time.